Welcome, everyone, to the Take Control of Your Health podcast. This is Dr. Mercola bringing you the latest cutting-edge interviews to help you achieve optimal health. You can receive more information by subscribing to my free daily newsletter at Mercola.com. Because you won't find us on Google or Facebook, we respect your privacy and will continue to fight the Silicon Valley censorship. Thank you so much for listening. So let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And we're going to continue along with the COVID-19 discussion by having a dialogue with an expert from South America, Argentina specifically, and that would be Dr. Hector Carvalho. He and I actually both graduated med school around the same time. He graduated 81 and I graduated the following year. So we've been around the block for a while. And his um, focus recently in the last year or so has been on ivermectin and other strategies to treat COVID-19. So uh, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Uh, thanks to you, Dr. McCullough. It's a pleasure for me. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I gave you, I gave a brief introduction, but uh, why don't you um, expand on that and add anything that you'd like to uh, help the viewers understand what your expertise is? Okay. I graduated from the School of Medicine in 1981, just as the, uh, in the same year of the outbreak of the AIDS pandemic. Mm -hmm. okay. So my first, my first uh, fire baptism was with AIDS, with another pandemic. Uh, and later, I have dedicated all my, all my professional time uh, to both teaching and assisting. And I graduated as, uh, from the, as a professor uh, in the 1996 for the first time. And then I acted as a, as, as a professor for the School of Medicine in Buenos Aires, which is public, and also as an associate professor of internal medicine for two private schools of medicine since uh, till I retired a couple of years ago. Okay, so, and then did COVID-19 bring you out of retirement? And can perhaps if you can share your journey on identifying the strategies that have been, been vilified from the World Health Organization and every uh, international public health authority, authority and agency. Okay, yes, uh, we, we started regarding ivermectin even before the, this pandemic, because uh, it has been proved in different parts of the world, that it will be helpful as a, as a virucidal compound against uh, dengue, dengue fever. And mm -hmm. dengue is endemic in Argentina. So we have mm. already taken a look at it and we wanted to learn a little bit more when the, 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 out, uh, when the pandemic outbroke. And um, we came across some studies that were being uh, conducted in Australia at the Monash University by people uh, like Dr. Kelly and Dr. Kili Wastaf. And uh, we supposed that it would be very useful because the virucidal effect had been already proved. And uh, we decided to, even before they published, their first findings, we decided to replicate what they were doing, but in vivo, that is not in the laboratory, but into human beings. Um, and, and so we developed two different uh, trials, which we submitted to the National Library of Medicine in the United States, that was er in early April, 2020. One was for pre-exposure, uh, that is for prevention, and the other was for treatment. Uh, in both cases, we didn't use ivermectin as an isolated compound because uh, we don't believe in the silver bullet. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, in the case of the prophylaxis, we used it uh, together with carrageenan, 
Caragiran is a very old compound. It has been used on humans for the last 500 years because it's, uh, it comes from an Irish alga and it is used in gastronomy. Then it, it it's became- a, It's a food uh, emulsifier. And it's, com it's common in ice cream. It, it, it's, it's a thickener. Actually, right. so it has been used in many medicines uh, that is for human medicines in for the last uh, 10, 12 years, both in South America and in Europe. And uh, they have come to the conclusion that it has virucidal effects by itself, apart from mm. being a thickener. And so uh, for the prophylaxis, we combined ivermectin together with carrageenan mm. and uh, topical carrageenan, of course. <clears throat> and uh, for treatment, we oh, uh, excuse me. divided. Why would, why would topical carrageenan work? It, it seems a bit unusual. I would think it would need to be swallowed. It, 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 is, it is the only way it is available for humans, topical. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay, so topical, and it, get, and it gets into the blood, it goes transdermal? Uh, it, it is it is used in the nostrils and in the mouth and of course oh, you so know intramucous uh, membranes. We, we we have seen that drug addicts use the nostrils very often oh, so sure. it is it easily it easily enters the, the bloodstream but the fact is it's only the presentations either in south america and in europe are only topical mm -hmm. and uh Together with our study, the Austrian people from a laboratory that's uh, Marino Med Biotech, uh, they developed and they uh, conducted another trial on the same direction with carrageenan, and the results were similar. Um, when we uh, finished our studies and we submitted them to the National Library of Medicine, we published them, uh, both the pre-exposure trial and the treatment trial. In the case of the treatment, I was saying that we combined uh, ivermectin, we first divided the cases into mild, moderate, and severe. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the WHO have not already done it. So, for the uh, mild cases, we used ivermectin together with aspirin mm -hmm. uh, to um, prevent platelet, platelet aggregation mm -hmm. and uh, so trying to avoid the clots mm, mm -hmm. that were the main cause of death uh, apart from hyperinflammation. Because in those days, there was very little known about this new virus. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage to uh, know what to do on a virus, uh, the existence of which you have never heard before. Mm -hmm. So the only way to do it for us, for you, for me, for those who come from a generation that was uh, used to thinking, mm -hmm. um, the only way to do, is, to do it is by establishing analogies. So we established analogies with other virus we already knew very well with the rhabdovirus for the neurotropical uh, effect, for the, with the paramyxovirus for the hyperinflammation in the lungs, um, with the dengue virus for the immune amplification. And uh, doing those analogies, by creating those analogies, we knew what we could expect from that virus no matter how new it was for us. So as I was saying, we used uh, it together with aspirin, ivermectin together with aspirin for the mild cases, aspirin together with corticosteroids and as, uh, uh, ivermectin, aspirin and corticosteroids for the moderate. And only in the severe cases, we changed aspirin for enoxaparin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm because the severe cases could not be uh, kept at home. And we knew from the very first day, but not from this pandemic, from the very first day, day we entered the School of Medicine, that the sooner you treat any illness, the more chances you will have to be successful in the treatment. Mm -hmm. This, is, this has been so- Prevention of the long haul syndrome, which is like crucial, absolutely crucial. You, you've got to get it as soon as you can, the very first day, ideally. You have to treat quickly and to treat strongly. But this is, this is natural thinking. Mm -hmm. you, you, nobody has to be a genius to know that. But in this case, 
inexplicably, uh, many doctors have been told to do nothing to keep the patients at their homes on their own with just a few pills of Tylenol, which we know is good for mm -hmm. nothing, and until they cannot breathe properly, and then they have to be referred to the hospital. That is person abandonment yeah. under any law in any country. That's person It's, it's criminal, abandonment. but I would disagree that Tylenol doesn't do anything. It, it, I'm, I'm firmly convinced that it pushes the person in the wrong direction because it has to be metabolized and then it's metabolism, metabolism process. Uh, it depletes glutathione, and glutathione is absolutely needed to, to treat this disease. Yeah. Well, may, maybe I didn't explain myself correctly. Uh, I, I don't mean it is useless. Yeah. I mean it's worse than useless. It's not. It's pernicious. You cannot put you you cannot put all the all the bet on Tylenol. Right, right. So let let me go and attempt to understand the chronology because I think you were one of the first groups that were using ivermectin. Uh, you mentioned the Australian group, but in the United States, there's Pierre Corey and uh, Paul Merrick, who I'm sure you're familiar with, who've adopted and promoted that. And did they, were they before you or you be were you before them and they used your research to catalyze or implement this strategy in the United States? Well, uh, we have always said this. We were not the, the first ones who, th who thought about ivermectin as a compound against COVID. Those were the Australians. Okay. We were not the first ones who uh, developed a trial. Uh, those were the people from Iraq. But we were the first who submitted the results. Okay, good, good. I like to understand the sequencing. So part of your strategy is the aspirin and there is a, that's somewhat controversial there are physicians in the united states who would disagree with that and uh, i'm wondering if you've explored all aspirin alternatives that could be very effective in the clotting process because you're absolutely right that is typically what takes most people out is the clots not only the macro circulation the big blood vessels but in the micro circulation so aspirin can help but what seems to be more effective from many people's perspectives is uh, nac which as you probably know was uh, made illegal by the FDA not too long ago. You couldn't sell it on, on and uh, you know they had this massive effort to remove its availability from the public. So I'm wondering if you looked at NAC as an alternative to aspirin. Uh, well, we didn't we didn't look for another alternative because Argentina is a very strange country in which you can't get any medicine on your own even without you mean, a prescription. You mean by supplements? Uh, supplements or med supplements or medicine? We, we didn't we didn't use supplements uh, on the acute COVID. We didn't okay. use it. Just okay. in long COVID, we used supplements uh, in order to make a recovery shorter, recovery mm -hmm. time shorter. But we didn't use it. That doesn't mean we say it. They are not good. We just adjusted ourselves to what we did. Mm -hmm. But we believe in the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine. We believe in the effectiveness of acetromycin, uh, beta vitamin D, zinc, we be, uh, doxycycline. We believe in those compounds too, but we have not tried them. That's mm -hmm. it. Okay. So um, have you reached any clinical conclusion, even though it sounds largely because of its availability, you haven't been able to implement it in your circumstances? Do you, have you reached conclusions about NAC as an, an effective alternative to aspirin? Um, you, you mean what we have studied or the other or the No, other no, no. I mean, just, I mean, obviously you're not implementing for logistical reasons, but I'm wondering if you could, if you would, you know, if it's available to you in a different circumstances, if you would implement NAC as an alternative to aspirin. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. The, the only thing, I mean, if you, if, you, if you walk around a corner and you see your neighbor's house in fire, yeah, you yeah. may call 911, you may play the hero and enter, enter the house to try to save the, the persons, you may cry out for help, but the only thing you must not do is to do nothing. So, I believe in any attempt in order to keep a mild patient mild. Sure. What I cannot accept as a medical doctor, because it is against our oath, 
is to remain arm folded till that person gets worse. Yeah. That's criminal. Yeah, that's uh, Peter, Peter McCullough in the United States, who's a well-recognized and highly credentialed physician, has been very vocal about this. And he couldn't agree more, thinks it's medical malfeasance to have these policies. And they likely have contributed to the debt, the premature deaths of over half a million people in the United States alone. I don't know what the numbers are worldwide or, or certainly in South America, but uh, it's just shocking that the brainwashing of the physician population and the public, of course, but certainly the physician population was such that they adopted this reprehensible negligence strategy. It's just, it's just, and it's going to be looked at in the, in the future, uh, not favorably. That's it's, for sure, certain. it's very, it's very disappointed, Dr. McCall. It's very disappointed because um, uh, though there, there have been many heroes who have worked in the front line and they have risked their lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they have lost their lives fighting this virus. There, there's a, 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 a big group of medical doctors who have, who have preferred to remain in their comfort zone and uh, um, quoting Tennessee Williams, I would say that they, they have matriculated in the school for the blind. <laughs> uh, their, their eyes have failed them or, or they have failed their eyes, their eyes, their ears and their brains. And they just do what they are told to do or not to do. And that's not the idea of a medical doctor. If I have been told at the School of Medicine that I was going to do what somebody else's, an entrepreneur, the owner of a laboratory, uh, would say that I had to do, I would have chosen another career. Yeah, yeah. It, it is uh, surprising because these recommendations are coming from organizations and authorities who essentially have had zero, none, no experience at all in clinically treating these patients. It's all intellectual, academic, and motivated by finances. Yes, but uh, there's only one reason for all this. And the reason is, is uh, summarized in one word, greed. Yes, absolutely, no distinction. And uh, I think if you put all the professionals, no matter how, how many diplomas they, they have in their offices, if you put all those professionals who gave those, um, those um, theoretical ideas and schemes, you put them all together, and I don't know if they have seen just one patient. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm wondering if you could give us an update in Argentina. How is the infection down there? And, and I'm particularly intrigued to understand if the medical community down there has implemented your strategies, or are they just as resistant uh, in the conventional medical community as they are in the United States? Okay, okay. We have had, we have experienced our own uh, part of um, um, uh, reluctance in order to accept these protocols, and only five provinces out of the twenty-four provinces of Argentina have authorized ivermectin as an early treatment for COVID, uh, also for prevention. Um, well, that's good. That's twenty-five percent. It's zero percent in the U.S. <laughs> Mm, yeah. Well, well the, the fact is, those provinces have been doing far better. Uh, for instance, one of the provinces that uh, started using ivermectin uh, for COVID from the government down um, for early treatment, they reduced the, the death rate to one third, one third uh, in less than a month in the middle of the, the outbreak. Mm -hmm. So it, it was not a matter that they changed from the winter to the summer, or the people had moved somewhere else, or they had been vaccinated because there were no vaccines in Argentina until uh, this, uh, the, the beginning of autumn. We are now uh, entering spring. Okay, so for, to eliminate the confusion, what month were the vaccines available in Argentina in 2021? Uh, the vaccines were available since uh, March, April. Okay, so. And uh, the vaccination four, four or five months after was, very, 
vaccination was very slow, I would say that uh, the population with uh, two jobs now is no more than 40% of the expected population. Okay, that's good. So is this because um, it's a logistical challenge to administer it or that the people there understand that there's a concern and a danger and they are specifically choosing to avoid it? It's, it's both. I guess it's both. Uh, from one side, they don't have enough enough vaccines to vaccinate everybody. Thanks God. And uh, <laughs> for, on the on the other side, many people have preferred to use alternative methods hmm, instead of vaccines because this is the first time that I can recall in which uh, an experimental vaccine may become mandatory. Mm -hmm. It's certainly moving that way in the U.S. for sure, and many other places in the world. If it's not already in some, um, I, but, I but, think but, Italy, it, it, Italy has recently mandated that anyone who has a job has to have a vaccine. So if you yes. don't, if aren't vaccinated, you're fired. I mean, I'm pretty certain that's that's the case. that's cor that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Italy was one of the first, and and, and you know what, um, making an experiment mandatory to everybody and using the media in order to, or to, to combine everybody to use it is something that's not new. Mm -hmm. It was done during the Second World War. Mm -hmm. Joseph Mengele and Joseph Goebbels did that. Mm -hmm. One made any experiment he wanted on people that were hopeless and, and the camps. And the other one was the minister of propaganda who uh, convinced everybody that everything was okay. Yeah, yeah. And they were effective, but I would uh, counter that their strategies were not anywhere near as effective as they are today because they didn't have the two computer technology. They didn't have social media. They didn't have a search engine that controls 93% of the searches done in the world that is completely aligned with this narrative. And you cannot find anything positive on, the, on the, almost any search engine to support an alternative view because it's been uh, essentially censored and buried by Google. Well, but the fact is that there are billions of reasons for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. If if you have billions of uh, millions, billions, billions of money, uh, 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 you can buy any wheel anywhere, uh, and uh, that's what we are seeing. That uh, science or let's let's forget about science. Common mm -hmm. sense has been disregarded. Absolutely, no question. So um, I'm glad there's only 40% of the population there because there's some prominent physicians like Dr. Zelenko who like to refer to the, the COVID jab as the kill shot because he's convinced, and many others prominent physicians are convinced that ultimately it's gonna to lead to premature death. Uh, so, and I believe you are, you, your general position, if I understand from listening to some other interviews you've done, is that you're pro-vaccine. Uh, not necessarily pro-COVID jab, but pro-vaccine in general. And that, did you actually get the, the COVID uh, jab? Well, the fact is, I've always been pro-vaccines uh, when, when, when they are proven vaccines, mm -hmm. but not with experimental vaccines on a massive uh, administration. Uh, I had to receive the jab. I had to receive the jab from the Chinese vaccine because I want to travel to Europe. No. And they won't let me on the plane if I don't have the vaccine. That's what makes a vaccine, a experimental vaccine mandatory. Mm -hmm. They don't punish you, but they won't allow you to get on a plane. Mm. So I got my aspirin in order to prevent the clots. You take ivermectin? Uh, you take ivermectin? I keep on using ivermectin. No, so I've been using it, it for over a year. Wow. What, yes. and, you know, since you're really one of the world experts in ivermectin, I'm wondering if you could 
review with us the dosing schedule and uh, you know please be sure to include the imperial units because most of our audience is from America so they're 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 more used to pounds than kilograms. Well, uh, one thing before before answering the question is that ivermectin has been mocked and ridiculed in the United States. Mm -hmm, for as, sure. uh, uh, they have referred to as a veterinary com com compound. Even people from the CDC have said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow, why should you use ivermectin? Well, I would answer them that if they consider that uh, ivermectin is only for... Um, veterinary use they are neither horses nor cows they are asses whatever you prefer to to say because as is associated with another word which i won't say on the air okay well, well the, the, the fact is we use ivermectin on a weekly basis for pre-exposure pre that's for, for prevention on a dose that is uh 0.2 uh, milligrams per kilogram, we adjust the dose to the patient's weight. Hmm? We use kilograms, not not livers like, like in the United States, because we consider that one of the worst comorbidities for somebody contracting the virus is obesity. Hmm? Mm -hmm. And you cannot give the same dose to a skinny person and to a uh, an obese or morbid obese person. So uh, we adjust that and we use, we, use, we use it on a weekly basis. We have even published uh, Is that once a, once a, a week dose? Once a week dose? Once a week, once okay. a week. Now that Delta is appearing in the horizon in South America, uh, we are considering on reducing it to um, three or four days uh, between one one take and the other. And, and do you know why we use it on a weekly basis? Because ivermectin will work for three, 3.5 days. So for the other three days, you will be exposed. So you may contract the virus, mm -hmm. but even before the virus can replicate enough to pass uh, from the, the uh, in incubation period to the invasion period, mm -hmm. you will take ivermectin again. Mm -hmm. So you won't develop the disease. You won't even realize you have contracted the disease, but your immune system could have got in touch with the virus and will start creating immunity. Because something that another, another, another gunpowder they have discovered in in the in the past in the recent year months is that natural immunity is stronger than artificial immunity but mm -hmm. this has been so always that mm -hmm. you have to live and so if you contract the virus you have to be sure that you won't develop severe cases Mm -hmm. So you will survive the virus and the natural immunity has always been better than artificial one. It's, it's no news. It's something out of common sense. Mm -hmm. So, and we keep on using that uh, um, for four months and then we stop for a couple of months because ivermectin will accumulate in the fat tissue. That's what they discovered in Africa, but not now. 12 years ago, they discovered that it will accumulate in the fat tissue. And uh, after these uh, four months of uh, dosification and two months of um, uh, not using it, we start again. So there are people who have been using it. They are in the fourth period since early April. What do you mean by the fourth period? So can you go over the protocol again? Do you do it once a week for how long? We have done it for f four months. Four months and then you take a break. They uh, take a break for two months and then restart. 
Okay. Okay. Good. And the, the dosing. Because again, be, uh, so, sorry, because I, I wanted to sorry for for interrupting you because I yeah. wanted to explain that if you put all the dosification together, it is similar to the one that they receive in Africa against onchocerciasis. Uh, is that, is that river, every is that six river, months. Is that river blindness? River blindness. That's okay. correct. Okay. So, um, all right. So the dosing you said is I think 0 0.2 milligrams per kilogram, but uh, in the U.S. we're more imperial, more familiar with the uh, imperial units, which would be pounds. So it would be I suspect yes. it'd be double that 0 0.4 milligrams per pound. Mm -hmm. Another thing, that's correct. And another thing that we will listen to is that it is quite a high dose. Well, uh, there have been researchers 10 years ago in Africa, 10 years ago in Africa, who have used 10 times the doses we are using, and they didn't found any toxicity. Mm -hmm. Because uh, what, what they did with hydroxychloroquine chloroquine, in order to discredit it, was easy because mm -hmm. hydroxychloroquine is also very useful against mm -hmm. COVID. But the fact is that the, the safety margin is narrow. So what they did is to use three times mm -hmm. the dose in order to cause toxicity. There were 200 studies in favor of hydroxychloroquine, one study talking about the toxicity and all the uh, scientific community in the world attached to that one. That's crazy. That's crazy. In the case of ivermectin, it has so wide, so wide a gap between uh, those uh, safety and toxicity that they couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So they just disregarded it. They said that we had to do it double blind, that they had to do the studies randomized something that has already been done because there are over 70 studies in the world, most many of them randomized and double blind, but there's only one thing we didn't accept, to work against placebo. Because against placebo, I may assure you, I can defeat Mike Tyson at the Madison Square Garden. The only thing I need is that Mike Tyson doesn't go to the Madison Square Garden. So against placebo, you can get anything. But mm -hmm. during, during a pandemic, when the life is on stake, you cannot put people on nothing just to prove your theory. Yeah, I think that would be reprehensible criminal. criminal. But that's the same justification that the government and I believe the vaccine manufacturers use to, to remove the controls from the vaccine trials, the, the tens of thousands of people that had enrolled literally after three or four months, they said, oh, this, this COVID jab is so effective that it would be, uh, it would be foolish or, or criminal to not allow or to, to, to have a placebo control arm. So now there's no control. There are no controls. The only legitimate controls are those, at least in the United States, are those that choose to avoid the COVID jab. Yes, well, well, they have gone that far and they have also uh, given rewards to those mm -hmm. who get the job sure. and even to the children. Uh, I, have, I, 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 I believe they have read the child molester manual, hmm? <laughs> the child molester so manual you, you, in you order take, to do so they give rewards <laughs> No, I wish I wish it was a comedy because this is a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but according to Sigmund Freud, making jokes is a self-defense. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's good. It, it, it helps lighten this, this tragic scenario that we're involved in. So thanks for the dose of humor. And, 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 the, and the fact is that they have now, they have created another, another nonsense that the cases we have now are the cases from the unvaccinated people. Mm -hmm. That's another nonsense, because in order to say so, they started collecting the cases from January. Mm -hmm. right. And in January, no matter what country you may think of, nobody was vaccinated. Right, virtually no one, right. It started in the late December. Right. 
So yeah, that, and they're using that. So it, it really, I mean, that's just to promote their continued narrative and propaganda and brainwashing of the population. Uh, it essentially results in two populations, one, the, the brainwashed, for the most part brainwashed, in many, in many cases, especially now, since they've turned punitive measures, is the, you know, admit, if you don't get it, you're going to lose your job. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to this, uh, a presidential executive order that mandates essentially to most companies in the U.S. at least fifty percent, they're going to have to mandate it. That's the latest projection I've seen. So, uh, but you know, it's just it's just not a, a pleasant scenario if you ha- if you are, are concerned about the the consequences. So of the va- of the jab. So I got let. So we've talked about, a lot about the ivermectin. I think we've got a pretty good handle on. It. Is there anything else you want to add about that before you go into the the COVID injection? Well, uh, the fact is, um, when we were told about using a, a veterinarian ivermectin, something that happened, you, you must know that Argentina is mostly an agricultural mm-hmm. country, hmm? agricultural country. So people in the countryside are very uh, familiar with uh, veterinarian veterinarian. Uh, compounds containing ivermectin, and we said that they shouldn't use that mm-hmm. because, uh, as um, it's not topical hmm, in Argentina, but it is injectable. Uh, they they use an antifreezer which is polyethylene glycol, hmm? oh. and polyethylene glycol may be toxic. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I came across a very uh, an, an affidavit by Lieutenant Long from the United States, Teresa, Teresa Long, that said that one of the toxic effects of the vaccines that she was uh, seeing in, in young uh, soldiers and people from the United States Army were provoked by polyethylene glycol because it is part of the vaccines. Mm. So how comes it is toxic in a veterinarian compound, and it is not toxic for a human being. Yeah, I'm confused why they would even put it in, in veterinary uh, medicines because, I mean, they're, they're mammals just like us, most of them, and the, the, the applications. And, you know, I mean, why would they put something toxic? If it's toxic, toxic to humans, it's certainly toxic to animals. I mean, they just, uh, I, I don't know the justification for that. I don't know either, but the fact, I guess it is uh, just in order to keep it in storage under a few degrees under zero without uh, Mm -hmm. uh, losing the material. But the fact is, we have said that don't use ivermectin with polyethylene glycol, uh, that is a veterinarian compound. We have been saying that for over a year. Mm-hmm. And now they have, we have discovered that the vaccines themselves have polyethylene glycol. Mm. Is it now? I, I haven't heard that specific name. You're saying is what you're saying? Is it polyethylene glycol? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Glycol, yes, it? polyethylene okay. glycol. Okay, I'm, so, I'm sorry. It's an antifree- the antifreezer. Made it hard for me to understand. So it's polyethylene glycol or PEG, as, as is commonly abbreviated in the United States. So yeah, that is. We've known for a long time that that's something that shouldn't be used. And, and there's many products that promote nanoliposomes, and, and which is what the COVID jab is. It's a nanoliposome, which is, is like 40 nanometers, which is why it gets into the cell so readily into virtually every tissue in your body. It just slides through like a hot knife through butter. So this polyethylene glycol is essentially what's used to create these nanoliposomes. So, and there are many... My, even supplement products in the United States that use that. And I strongly recommend anyone avoid something that uses PEG or polyethylene glycol to do that. Well, but, but if you take a look at the composition of the uh, Pfizer and Moderna uh, mm-hmm. vaccines, mm-hmm. they both contain polyethylene glycol. Right, 100%, no question. Yeah, they couldn't make it otherwise. So any other points on the ivermectin before we switch over to the jab? Uh, 
No, I, I we we have already compiled the the, the 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 studies we have done and other articles that we shared with other medical doctors in Argentina with their experience in the, the provinces I mentioned before, and we compiled them in into an ebook uh, which is for free to oh, anyone who can who want to read it. It's both in English and Spanish, and um, but the fact is. You can take the donkey to the barn, but you cannot oblige him to eat. Sure. So we offer the book to anybody who wants to read and to get his own or her own personal opinion. But you cannot oblige the, the doctors to, to think sure, because to, 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 to do that. Because you said that they have brainwashed a lot of people. Well, that's understandable. It's, uh, it's, it's easy to do so. But they have brainwashed the the medical doctors. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. discouraging, and, yeah. and that's uh, that 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 is really worrisome. Yeah, I think the brainwashing of the physician community is much higher than the the uh, general population. In my perspective, I would put it somewhere about eighty to ninety percent. Eighty to ninety percent of physicians are brainwashed, whereas the general population is probably closer to fifty maybe up to 60, but way below the positions. And, and, and that includes almost all the healthcare professionals, includes the nurses and all the paraprofessionals. So yeah, it's tragic. So um, th thank you for offering that resource. I am not gonna let you go without telling us where to find this publication that, we, that you're offering so, so kindly for free. I, 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 will, I will send you the, the link. Okay, as as I, we'll, I, we'll include I, that in the we'll article. interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's, I mean, we're, we definitely, that's one of the things we do is provide free resources. So we love that. So thank you for compiling that. Uh, I'm looking forward to reviewing it myself. So, um, uh, so much to talk about. Now, just, just to summarize briefly, as we're doing this interview, we've had over 15,000 fastly approaching 16,000 deaths, at least for, in the United States, reported from the BEARS database. There are some professionals who dispute that because uh, they think it's being uh, uh, rigged or gamed. But the reality is the mo it is most likely a very small fraction. And uh, Steve Kirsch did some recent analysis that compelling from using a variety of different methods, including polling and, and objective methods that have nothing to do with the VAERS database and came to the conclusion that the numbers reported in VAERS are probably one in 40, which puts the number of deaths from the COVID jab at over 200,000 in the United States, 200,000 deaths already. Uh, and the number of injuries somewhere between two and 5 million. It's I, just- I know that and I, I, that, that's, that's so discouraging. That's, it's, it's absolutely discouraging. Um, I, I I come into despair when I when I receive those figures because I know um, the the fact is the fact is this pandemic if we if we compare this pandemic with uh, the pandemic that happened a hundred years ago the world had one point seven billion You're inhabitants about the, the and there influenza, were fifty the nineteen eighteen influenza the, pandemic the, the Spanish influenza the Spanish okay. influenza okay. 1.5 billion inhabitants in the world, 50 million people dead. Mm -hmm. uh, now we have 7 billion inhabitants in the world and less than 5 million people dead. So mm -hmm. that is almost 50% less lethal than the previous pandemic. Mm -hmm. But by prolonging, but by prolonging this pandemic, we are in the brink of turning it into an, an endemic issue. Mm -hmm. And now let's compare it with the immediately previous pandemic, which was the AIDS pandemic. It was not declared mm -hmm. as a pandemic in the world. It was not declared as a pandemic, but it was because the out, an unexpected outbreak of an uh, not uh, earlier known virus and affected many continents. So it was a pandemic. It killed 2 million people during the first two years, but then it became endemic. And mm -hmm. until now, 
since 1981 to now, it has killed 35 million people. That's a problem of making a pandemic, of turning a pandemic endemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, besides, trying to reduce it by using an experimental vaccine is, is crazy. I, I mean, if, if, if we have all experienced the night when we have a mosquito in our room and we wanted to get our sleep and the mosquito was flying around us. Well, okay, it's disturbing, but you won't try to kill the mosquito with, with a grenade. Hmm? You won't use a bazooka to kill the mosquito. Or and a nuclear bomb. <laughs> or, a nu or a nuclear bomb. It's, 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 it's crazy. This world is upside down. It's upside down, absolutely. Yeah, it's the classical imitation of, of George Orwell's 1984. It's Orwellian doublespeak. Everything, almost everything they say is the exact opposite of the truth. Right is left, up is down, black is white. It's just, it's crazy. It's surreal. It's a dystopian nightmare. And they have a double standard because whatever is said about the vaccines is almost sacred. It's like a Bible. Whatever we say, not exactly against vaccines, but in favor of early treatment, is a sin. And is and 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 the people, um, Nobel prizes, medic, medic uh, Nobel sure. prizes of medicines like Jean Luc Montagnier, yeah. Satoshi Omura have been censored mm -hmm. on the media, and they are, they have been censored by a comparatively nobody scientifically speaking, maybe billionaires, but medically speaking, nobodies, mm -hmm. they have censored the Nobel Prizes. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's really sad. So, oh, uh, I don't know. What, what do you have? I, you, you've obviously thought about this quite a bit, and I'm wondering what your reflections are on anticipation, what's going to happen in the next year or two. I wish I knew. I guess uh, those who promote vaccines are running out of Greek letters by now. They will have to get another alphabet in order to name the new variants. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 the truth is the virus also wants to live. The virus also wants to mm -hmm. survive. So by changing it a little, they dodge the vaccines. And what is the answer they give? Well, give them a third job. A third job, a fourth job, a 27th job. Mm -hmm. if, if you give a medicine to anybody and you don't get the, the, the results, the, the positive results in a few days, you reconsider either your diagnosis or your treatment. Mm -hmm. You don't insist on the same thing because it's insane to insist on the same thing, trying to get different results. Yeah, yeah. Hmm? Yeah, so in the U.S. just last week, the, uh, there was a meeting of the uh, immune practices, ACIP. Uh, it's an advisory panel to the CDC, and they conclusively recommended that the, the boosters only be given to those over 65. That's it, period. And then Rachel, who is the head of the CDC, overrode that, which has only happened once previously in the history of the CDC. And she says, for anyone over 65 and anyone who's at risk. So essentially, that makes it open to virtually the entire population. It's just so egregious. So in, in aligned with that, you mentioned earlier that this pandemic is evolving into to a, a, viral, that, that a virus that's endemic. And I'm wondering if you can comment on your views on the actual COVID jab as a reason or a variable that's pushing it in that direction because it's called it's a leaky vaccine it's non-sterilizing does is not certainly does not kill and it actually highly promotes the development of these variants absolutely that's that's my opinion that it's not that the the well you you know they use just a little bit of the virus in order to 
include into the vaccines, no matter no, which No, it's vaccine, not the virus, whatever. it's a spike protein. It's, it's, it's instructions to the, generate. The spike, the yes, I'm, I'm talking about the spike protein. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the virus only changes that small part of the spike, mm -hmm. not from the core, not from the inside, just a small part of the spike in order to dodge the vaccine. Mm -hmm. That's all the virus has to do in order to be safe. That's what makes it more crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, we are acting on the outer appearance of the virus instead of acting against the pathogenesis, pathogenesis of the virus. Yeah. That's another thing that's crazy about this situation nowadays. Yeah. So maybe you can talk a little bit about the differences between naturally acquired immunity and vaccine induced immunity, which is a sort of a tangent on what you just mentioned, because the, the, there's a variety of different uh, analysis that look at it, but it's like a minimum of 10 to 13 times to as high as 20 to 50 times more effective if you're naturally have natural immunity. Uh, and this is because largely it's not just humoral immunity deduced from the COVID jab, which generates an antibody, a uh, B cell response to produce these things, but naturally acquired immunity has cellular induced immunity, which is far more comprehensive. And it's a combination of those two systems that creates a far more effective shield and barrier uh, to future reinfections. Well, I think that um... Not, not, not so much has been studied about that because uh, if you only attach to the uh, humoral immunity, you will find out that even those persons who have uh, contracted the virus, that immunity decreases with amounts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when we come to cellular immunity, uh, there's a difference there. We haven't been so far because we don't have the 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 means to study that on our group but the fact is i i guess the the the, the secret is in the cellular immunity mm -hmm. not in the humoral immunity right mm -hmm. and the cellular immunity is uh, scarcely moved by vaccines for, at, at least for this kind of vaccines uh, what we have to get is cellular immunity mm -hmm. and and that's that's what we COVID have to doesn't achieve. touch it, as do most vaccines they don't touch cellular immunity they don't at all that's it so yeah, yeah. we cannot ever think of getting herd immunity if we don't apply it to cellular immunity right yeah that's the key you know that's the way god designed us this is whole comprehensive complete package that we was developed as intrinsic. It's been around since our species was was ever present on this planet. And that's what and as long as we give our body the nutrients and the exposures it requires to stay healthy, that's going to be active and it's going to insulate you and present such an effective shield better exponentially better than any possible COVID jab. You are absolutely right, Dr. McCullough. But the the fact is the fact is, though I have already stated that this pandemic is almost 50 times less lethal than the Spanish flu, mm -hmm. I have to concede that any pandemic is a war. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in this war, the virus, virus is the weakest of our enemies. The virus is the weakest enemy we are facing now. Mm -hmm, for sure. I would agree. It's because it's not that lethal a virus. It's, it's the propaganda and the whole system and organization around the approach to address the virus as the enemy. That's enemy number one. You're right. Absolutely. 100% agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a war. I agree it's a war. And uh, it's interesting. It makes, I'll tell you, that's one thing this problem does is it makes life interesting. Every day you wake up and you're probably going to find some new crazy 
new fact about what's happening and just because almost every day becomes more surreal. I mean, this is, you were like living in a dystopian nightmare. It's just, you cannot believe this is happening. And, and you know what? I, I received some, some news reels from Australia yesterday, Sunday, and, uh, and uh, people who were demonstrated, demonstrating against mandatory mm -hmm. vaccines were treated as terrorists. Sure. That's the, that's the push in this country. If you don't get a, a COVID jab, you're going to be looked at as a, at, as a domestic terrorist and potentially even farmed off and put into concentration camps. I mean, it could get that bad. It could absolutely get that bad. Yeah, well, there are billions of reasons for doing so. Yeah, so it, it's <laughs> one thing this thing has done is made life interesting. You know, it's like, oh boy, what 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 are they going to throw at us next? And you know, what's the new strategy? So I don't know. Is is in 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 my context of experience and network, I don't know that anyone has a really good solution to this because they're changing it every day. But I do know that we will come up with a solution. I just have no clue what that solution is going to be. My guess is. This whole system is going to implode on itself. It's going to self-destruct. I mean, it, 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 this, along with the way they've manipulated the financial system, uh, eventually it's got to crumble. There's just it's this a mathematical inevitability, and I think the same thing is going to happen with what they're doing. It's just I think it's going to self-destruct. Uh, you know, so David versus Goliath, and Goliath, Dave, Goliath is going to collapse at some point from some self-inflicted wound, and you just do not want to be in underneath when the Goliath, when he falls, because you're going to get crushed. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And uh, the, the, I wish there were more things we could do, uh, but, but the fact is we are, we are, um, I guess, when Germany invaded France, most of the people accepted to create a puppet government in Vichy in BC, that was just a branch from the Nazis, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a few people disagreed with that. They became outcasts. They were la resistance. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes believe we, all of us, with FLCCC, with the BIRD in in, in in United Kingdom, and with many other groups, we are just the resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. So it's it's the or the remnants because you know it's becoming increasingly clear that we're going to be the minority. There's no question. It's not that they've just because of the effectiveness of the propaganda combined with the threats and, and the fear and, you know, the, the, the scenario that they create that essentially makes it literally impossible to survive. You cannot earn a living. You cannot earn money to pay for your rent and food unless you choose to get the job. I mean, that's what they've done. If they're, they're close, they're there in Italy and they're fastly going there in the United States and many other countries in the world. So, you know, the, the, most of the people, this resistance is going to, the number in that group is, is getting small. It's 80 million people in the United States. And I hope it stays above 50. I don't know if it can though. Well, the, the fact that, that, that is, uh, that's why most of the researchers who have studied early treatments are over 60. Mm -hmm. We are retired. <laughs> because if we were if we if we were working, we would have been threatened to stop researching. Oh yeah. Your, your credentials removed, funding gone, that would have crushed you. Classic strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, well, you're one uh, of the good guys. Dr. Carvalho, appreciate all you're doing down there in South America, um, standing your ground I, uh, and, and helping educate those who are, who have evaded this, the most effective propaganda campaign in the history of the world. So, I mean, it's the minority of the population. So much of 
the population, if they heard what you said, they absolutely discounted and thought you and would believe you're a flake and you know you don't know what you're talking about. So, but for those who who still have the consciousness and the knowledge and the uh, brain power to understand the truth, we deeply appreciate your work and what you're providing for us. Uh, thanks to you, doctor, for allowing us to 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 tell our truth. Um, and uh, I hope with the time, the time, more doctors will go back to thinking by themselves. <laughs> uh, it takes time. And uh, the worst thing about that is that this time is not measured in terms of minutes, but in terms of human lives. Yeah, that's the worst thing about it. Yeah, that is. There's no question because you know some of the projections are that we are literally looking at billions, billions of people dying from this COVID jam. I mean, it's not un, it's not um, impossible. I don't know that it will happen, but it's certainly within the realm of possibility based on this, the speculations and the implementation of antibody-dependent enhancement or paradoxical immune enhancement, uh, and the long-term consequences are not good, especially. If you wind up getting long COVID, I mean, you may not die, but you essentially are going to almost be worse than death because you're going to be crippled and disabled and you're going to require one, two, three caretakers to keep you alive. And you can't have the majority of the population in that state and, ha and have expect society to evolve. It'll crumble. It'll, it'll, it'll collapse on itself because there's not enough people providing the resources we need. As a, as a society, I mean, there's a whole infrastructure that has to be maintained. And if ever, most of the people are dead or disabled, it collapses. And, and you're essentially on your own. And, and you, if you can't grow your own food or catch it, you know, you're going to starve. I mean, that's what we're moving towards. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's so sad. But the fact is, um, we... Uh, we cannot, we cannot support this kind of nonsense, this kind of, this kind of craziness, just mm -hmm. to, to be uh, politically correct or socially yeah. correct, because we will be working, we will be abjuring, abjuring from our oath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it occurred to me too, I think, you know, I think I probably was a little bit too pessimistic, but one of the things we can do, I mean, this is, a, this is an action item now, is that we can implement what we know to stay healthy, because we know when your body is healthy, it's going to resist any type of illness, including infections. So if you're healthy and your friends, your family, your relatives look at you and see that you are sort of immune to what's happening they're going to start questioning what they've been told. So you can be a light to them in that respect. And it's not by what you tell them or what you try to share with them. They're, they're, they're immune to that. They're not going to listen. You're, you are a light because of your behavior. That's when they'll wake up, if they ever wake up. So I couldn't more strongly encourage everyone listening to this. I've been teaching you guys this for a quarter of a century. Um, that, that, that's really simple you know, optimize your vitamin D, optimize your diet along the lines I've been teaching for two decades, you know, time-restricted eating, sleep, circadian optimization, all these things optimize your health and you stay away from toxins uh, and you will stay healthy and you'll be a light to these other people. And they'll say, how do you, how come you're, you're, you're not sick? And, and they'll, uh, hopefully they'll wake up and figure it out and you could be a catalyst for that. So I think the, the hope here is just to keep yourself healthy, just make sure you're part of the 80 million that continues to remain unjabbed. And uh, I mean, that's all we can do for now. And, you know, as we figure things out, as things go along, we'll have more insights. But for now, that's, that's the, those are the marching orders. Well, you're, you're right. Uh, you're 100% right. But I would add something. Uh, our time in this pandemic, our mm -hmm. time as researchers is a little bit over. I think it's it's a, it's a time for lawyers. No, <laughs> I don't know. The, the the law isn't worth the papers written on. They they've so controlled the system. That's one of the ways around this. In the United States, we have three branches of government: executive, judicial, and and legislative. But they've been 
turning the whole judicial branch around for the last few decades. So essentially, when there's a violation, an egregious violation of the law, and that cannot be prosecuted. Essentially, we've got two branches now. So they they are immune to any they are immune to any prosecution. They have made it sure. They are absolutely sure they are immune to any prosecution. Yeah, but I, I guess the lawyers may start asking publicly what are the real results disaggregating the numbers uh, giving the right the right numbers they, they have started doing that in the united kingdom they have started doing that in india and in israel yeah so yeah i mean i i don't discourage people from trying a legislative approach it may work but more than likely it's going to fail you know it's just we just got to lead by example and, you know, maintain, you know, and, and if anyone is willing to listen, you can dialogue with them and show them this information, but more than likely it's like beating your head against a brick wall. It's not going to be effective at all. I mean, they're the, the brainwashing has been so crazy effective. I mean, they've covered every basis. They have not just, they didn't just think of this at the last minute. This has been going on for decades in planning. So they've, they, they are clever and sophisticated and they've done their homework and, it, and you can see by the results. So anyway, it's been a delight to connect with you. Uh, someone who understands the truth and it really is seeking to help their local community in your case in the different hemisphere, but uh, really appreciate what you're doing and providing our uh readers and viewers with the resource that you uh, wrote, wrote about the ivermectin. It's been my pleasure, Dr. Mercola, and uh, whatever, whatever may be helpful for, that's what, what we are meant for. Aren't that's we? right. That's right. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Keep, keep up the good work.